is the Emergency Medical Minute. Okay, so I always love studies that confirm things we already know, makes us happy. Um, you guys probably don't know, but any of the providers here do. Whenever we, whenever we um, re-credential, we get this huge packet of redundant paperwork we have to fill out, and then we get this test that we have to take about procedural sedation, including all these arcane kind of fasting guidelines. Um, why we have to do that is uh, kind of a long bureaucratic story, but it happens at a lot of hospitals. So um, how long do our people supposed to wait or supposed to fast before procedural sedation? Um, if you look at the American Society of Anesthesiologists guidelines, they have guidelines that say, especially when you look at, say, pediatric sedation, uh, a minimum of two hours for uh, clear liquids, four hours for thin formula, uh, six hours for thicker formula, and eight hours for solid foods. Um, uh, we know anecdotally, if you want to call doing hundreds of thousands of safe um, procedural sedations anecdotally, that uh, it's rare that uh, uh, patients are fasting and it's rare that they have complications. So um, the study, there's a study called the Canadian Cohort Study for Procedural Sedations, and it was actually in kids, looked at 6,300 procedural sedations, and uh, only 50% of them, so the way they set up the study was half of them followed the fasting guidelines, and the other half totally willy-nilly didn't follow the fasting guidelines at all. First of all, they looked mainly at vomiting, um, and in vomiting, there was absolutely zero relation to fasting for who vomited. 6,000 sedations, six episodes of vomiting during the procedure itself, um, 300 episodes of what they called periprocedural vomiting, which is usually 20 or 30 minutes later as they're waking up, all of those that happened to be with ketamine, zero of them had aspiration, so no real complications. And then when they looked at other complications of sedation, zero correlation to any kind of fasting at all for any complications. So I always like these kind of studies. You can use it to kind of wave in the face of committee meetings you have to go to to show them that um, uh, what we do is safe and we're good at it and uh, to try to get out of having to uh, continue to do kind of jump through hoops kind of bureaucratic things. but. Just uh, always fun to kind of reinforce what you already know. Emergency Medical Minute is and always will be about free medical education. Medicine's most prolific podcast is successful because of our supporters, donors, and of course, our listeners. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And if you support spreading free medical education, please donate at our website, emergencymedicalminute.com. As always, keep listening.